Some people pour at four. Some have a tipple at two. This week, unlike last week, Grifter and I are live at 8.35. Good morning, Grifter. Welcome to House of Property. It's lovely to see you live on a Thursday morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How the devil are you? I'm really, really good. That was such a cool opening. I loved it. This is why I love being unscripted because it's just like, oh my God, what are you going to come out with next? And I loved it. You smashed it for me. Smashed well, it. Yes. Thank you. So my Oh, my, oh, yeah, my week has been, it's been busy because we've been challenged and it's actually a really good challenge because that thing in the sun, that yellow thing in the sky, that yellow thing, the sun, it's back. It's only Lovely. been back for a short period of time and it's gone away again now in Devon. But um, you you know it's been here because lots of agents um, and people have been posting up few burn images. So it's mm. good to see that you haven't been out in the sun too much, although there's a little bit of redness, isn't there, there? And yeah, it's no. just... It's been a busy, it's another busy week. When is it not busy with this frantic market that we've got? How about you? How's your It's weekend? fabulous, isn't it? It's fabulous. Houses are selling. Odds bits coming to the market, not a lot. Um, but um, it's happening. It's busy. Bags and bags of challenges, but fun. Vendors asking questions that we never thought we'd ever get them asking. <laughs> it's brilliant. Absolutely spot on. But I, you know how you often throw me a curveball? Mm, I have a okay. question today, yeah. the roles are reversed. It's not going to be about collective nouns for ants or anything like that. <laughs> um, so I think that our industry is putting itself out of business. And it's putting yeah. itself out of business because there is a race to the bottom on fees. Because we are, as an industry, mm. hell-bent on FOMO, fear of missing out. And instructions are low. People, therefore, panic. Um, I need that house that if I hear the phrase one more time, far better to have the fee in my pocket, Martin, than somebody else's. Um, not that it's costing you more than that to put the house on the market. Um, fees are plummeting. Yeah, definitely. How do you combat cheap fees? Somebody said to me the other day, and I put it on uh, LinkedIn on the comments the other day, um, on, with somebody else who was talking about this with a big agent over in Norwich. And um, I said, um, um, a good salesperson can sell ice to the Eskimos. Anyone can sell cheap fish. <laughs> Ooh, That'll get me popular, won't it? I like that. I like. I think it's back to differentiating, but actually just remember everything that you do. So in a training course, way, way, way back, and I know that you talk about this too, is just actually sit down with your team in a blank sheet of paper and write down everything that you do, because there will be loads and loads and loads of things and points that you as a team, as a company, as a business do differently from the green agent or the blue agent down the road. And, and it's in it. I know everyone goes, oh, everyone's won an award, but actually... No, they haven't. But is that important to the consumer? Has everyone helped in the community? Do they have, you know, really great offices? Do you have a beautiful illuminated display that shines up in the dead of the night that puts you, sets you apart? Do you reduce less properties than your competition? Get all these facts and figures together. Um, one of the other really good ones that I've used recently is the saving, um, or, or no, it's not the same, the amount actually that you make from your client from the first offer to the actual offer that it exchanges or completes on and how much extra percentage value that you add and there's lots of other things as well so like 
virtual tours. And I know we talked about these before in previous episodes, but lots of agents don't do the virtual tours. And if they do, then they do them badly or they don't do video or they don't do live. So just sit down, make a list of everything you do. A, I think you'll be really surprised because we did this as a team and we went, oh my God, look at everything we do. And then B, you can just go, look at everything we do compared to our competition. And that is why we charge this fee. You're going to miss out on all this, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, if you don't, you know, if you go with that agent. Or which part of my service don't you want? I think that's a classic Richard Rawlings, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yes, we can do that. But you're right. There are lots and lots of agents out there who are charging 0.75 plus VAT, throwing in loads of freebies like EPCs and other things. And do you know what? I just don't think it's necessary. That race to the bottom, it, it's the you know, blimmin' accelerator has gone right on. And I know that Chris Watkins did a um, a, a bit of a, a really good uh, poll in the last sort of week or so. And he asked on LinkedIn, what fees are the biggest estate agents in your tax? town charging at the moment and he said i'm not asking you what fees you are getting just what the general level um is being asked in the market at the moment and and 44 of people said one to one and a quarter plus that and 30 percent said 0.75 to 0.99 um interestingly he stopped his fees at one and a half percent he didn't then have a band above one and a half percent so i think and it's perception isn't it if, if you say to your team we are a one and a half percent agent and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to smash it. And we're one and a half percent agent because we do all of this. You will get it. Believe in yourself, isn't it? That's what you will instill instill in your team, don't you? One hundred percent. And um, if you're a valuer that's working with me, you'll always they'll know or working with me. You'll know that I always want more, always want more. Um, so they'll probably laugh at what I'm about to say. But actually, maybe it's just not one size fits all. Maybe there is no silver bullet. Maybe every single property every single set of clients every set of circumstances is completely different so maybe if you understand what your key client looks like who is definitely going to use you and your business you are the perfect fit as an estate agent to that client then you should be charging the correct fee for it if you're an agent that offers a company viewings and they need a company viewings then um, you are the right agent for that client. If it's a difficult sale, if it's a rural property with boundary disputes and all this kind of thing, unregistered title, and you are specialist in um, sales progression, again, you are the right fit for that agent. If the client just really wants somebody to stick it on right move, then there is other agents out there that might be better suited to them. So understanding your key clients who you would not miss, who is it that if they walked into your branch, you would stop everything or rang up on the phone or on the website or whatever, you stop what you were doing and identify that they are the sort of person that you are perfect. Key client persona mm. is a massive, massive thing. That's a really good thing. I like your point about stop what you're doing. So I know that we've got a locked door policy at the moment, but this week something funny happened to me. So I've got that big client. You always talk about that big client, the nice big listing. <laughs> and my, my son had come into the office with me and my team were out doing viewings. My son had popped out to get um, some coffee um, and, um, and forgotten to lock the door. So, um, and this is such, it makes me feel like such an idiot, honestly. So um, I'd chip my nail. How pathetic. Oh doesn't that sound i mean you know life is over so i thought right i'll quickly get my nail stuff and quickly just paint my nail and as i'm painting my nail my big client walks in and he goes oh you're busy then and you know i just go oh no like 
Jesus. Anyway, it was all good. It was all good. I thought, oh, I've got to, I've got to do this because I've got to make my nails look great because that's when I'm out selling. And you know, you're thinking, like, oh, no, what do I say to get out? You're dying inside. Aren't you? <laughs> what I want to know is how come, so presumably your big client is the client that's got mm -hmm. a big house paying a reasonable fee on your books. Not that he's eight foot or six foot wide or anything like that, but we all refer to those people as the big client, right? The yeah. male or female, big client. They're on big clients. Love that. Do you have little clients as well? Small clients, tiny clients. Just the big ones. When he came into the office, I was like, oh, and he said, I can see you've got some beautiful plants in here because we have turned our office into a bit of a green office to make it much a softer kind of environment to work. Um, now, I'm not very good. I'm better with flowers. So if anyone is thinking of sending me anything, cut flowers, bouquet, love them, thank you. Don't give me a plant. I've got something on these hands. I've got something on these hands that just, it, I just don't garden very well. I just, it just doesn't work anyway. So I touch the plants and, and the girls go, don't touch the plants, you'll kill them. Um, but we at the moment, we have a beautiful array of plants um, and um, and we're supporting the local chamber as well and having some hanging baskets and some uh, planted boxes outside as well. So what what our agents doing about their offices? Because we're getting ready to reopen, trying to make ours look a bit softer, a bit green. But I think you're already open, aren't you, in parts of yours? Yeah, already open in parts with um, meeting desks and things like that, but not quite all the door policy all the way through. But um, green offices are good. Green offices are really good. If you look on my LinkedIn post or Instagram, if you follow me on Instagram, um, yesterday um, I had a selfie taken with a living logo. And this is a cool logo made out of moss, which I'm assured that you don't have to water, although I can't believe that you'd have to spray it as often. But anyway, I'm assured you don't have to water it. Um, but huge, great emblem on the wall of the logo of the firm um, made out of moss. And it's really cool. Really, really good. It's a dreadful photograph for me. You said I had looked like I hadn't slept for a week on it. But, um, <laughs> But it's a really, really cool thing. Bringing plants indoors. It's yeah. kept turning to gardener's world. Have you got your run of beans out? I put my tomatoes in last week. Well, I'd say, when do you have time? I just, I don't even have time to have a wee during the day to stop them in it, let alone blooming plant run of beans. It's just like, oh, my God. But I don't have three it, children. I think the... Um, the, the green office, I think, and, and also how you're using your space, because I've been reading that some agents and again, I think it was a thing back in the day that, you know, you can have your coffee machine in the corner and actually why not use, you know, reinvigorate your high street premises um, to have a, a coffee shop. And I know that one agent, I think Red Brick um, up in the north of the country, do a click and, click and collect um, with their coffee, which I thought was quite a cool thing. Um, and they've also got a deli, Italian deli um, as well. And I just thought there's long or, or the the calls for the high street agent and their office you know it's long been overdue and every year people say the high street is dead well it's not i think we're trying to reinvigorate and i think if some agents are um if they've got the space to do it have got less people back in the office potentially some more working from home you want to see what how you can repurpose your office space so i just thought some of that was quite quite a good idea so possibly you know where solicitors say are, are closing or rationalizing their um offices and their locations and moving out of smaller towns and, and back to the hubs, um, you know, essentialized, then maybe you could offer up your space to, a, a, you know, a, a solicitor or come in for a clinic or financial services. And I know we previously used to have building societies and banks sharing estate yeah. agencies, but do you think that might that might come back or more modern with an Amazon delivery stop or something? Get the people, the footfall coming back in in a safe way. My first, the first branch I ever managed had a Halifax agency in it. Um, 
the, the high street is changing, isn't it? It's evolving, it's developing. You know, the death of the big, big mm. corporate organisations, the, the Debenhams, the House of Phasias, the huge, great stores that um, people spend half a day in seem to be losing their appeal and being replaced by the individual bespoke local quite often, but certainly specialised boutique shop. If that's your baker, your dressmaker, your... Um, Candlestick. Candlestick maker. You would, I knew you were going to say that. Um, but people want that, don't they? They like local. People want an interesting high street, and the high street is, is adapting to that. Mm. Um, and I think we should too. You know, we've got big offices. They're yeah. blooming expensive. You know, we talked the other day about what are the most expensive things that go out, mm -hmm. and it's either your staffing costs, your rent, or your portal costs. Well, mm -hmm. your rent's up there if you've got branches. So if you've got branches, then it's there. And you're right. I seem to have spent so many times, you've been there too, so many conferences over the years where either we've been sat and watched or taken part in panel discussions about yeah. is the high street dead and yeah. do we only need online? Now, for me, you need a bit of everything, but um, it depends on your business model and different business models have different ideas. Um, but one of the best things I ever did years ago, and I know that you, uh, you, you are about to embark on this, I went out to a market appraisal happened to be a local artist who had just been let down for his ex exhibition at the um, town hall or something. I can't remember exactly where he was going to be exhibiting. It was a supermarket, supermarket, and they decided that they wouldn't let him go into the foyer of the supermarket with a week's notice. Um, so I offered up my office on a Saturday and he came in and um, put some easels up and we, we, we put some stuff in the window, and put, hung some bits on the wall. Um, and it was brilliant, the amount of people that were coming in. Absolutely fabulous. So just rethinking about what can you do a little bit different to, and it might be as simple as mortgage offerings or conveyancing offerings, or it might just be something a little bit more sexy, like a cheese counter, although I don't know if that would do me any good, or a chocolate <laughs> shop. <laughs> Talking of cheese counter, you won't believe this. You won't believe this. So I was driving home yesterday, I had a long commute home yesterday from Staffordshire to Norfolk, and I got stuck on the A14. And a cheese lobby had gone into the central reservation. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? I did a standstill five miles. As I drove up, there was debris all over the carriageway. <laughs> oh, that, is, that is such a good dad joke. You did tell me that when I knew what was coming then. So I love it. I love it. And we've been caught. Yeah, loads of people have been calling out saying, get Martin's dad jokes out. Do it. Make it a weekly occurrence. We really love okay. it. We really love it. So another uh -oh, Martin well done <laughs> glad to see glad to see there's demand for my book <laughs> for my, all my training techniques no oh. for my joke book lovely so, so still on the um on the sort of office theme so yeah. again um obviously again so after my big client had been in um a little while later I locked the door and then my my son came back and he went out again left the door unlocked and I was on the phone and um a lady just walked <laughs> into the office and we do have a locked door policy at the moment um, and she didn't have a mask on. And I had to say the person, say to the person that I was talking to, could you just hold on a minute? And I said, excuse me, um, madam, could you possibly put a mask on? And she turned around to me and said, no, I'm exempt. Mm. Now, I'm on a telephone call. I'm trying to manage the door, obviously, that wasn't locked because of my wayward son. Um, and it just kind of made me think that in those circumstances, how will you or how will you give your team the tools to be able to deal with someone that does walk into the office and says, no, no, I am exempt. Or if you are on the phone, how do you corral them <laughs> when you're under, you know, you've got your locked door policy? And also, how do you deal with it if you go on a viewing? Because I said to the lady, I'm really sorry if she wants to book a viewing. I haven't had this situation 
situation where you're mask exempt um, to do a viewing. And I actually need to check because the property that you're wanting to view, my client is an elderly, you know, more vulnerable um, client. And, and I need to check that she's happy coming into your property without a mask on. And it just made me think about that fine line between saying, no, you've got to leave the office and the level of customer service and how your team might deal with it. So I don't know whether you've got any tips on that, because it's a difficult conversation you're having to have really with someone, but face to face. Really hard. I think it's explaining that we want to look after you, Mr. or Mrs. part of the um, of the Joe public, because yeah. as you say, you're exempt for wearing a mask, for, which could be a medical reason, which is always made potentially sensitive. But also we have a sense of responsibility to our teams and yeah. to our clients as well. So yeah. it puts us in a very difficult position. And I think this goes a stage further because whilst personal opinion, and I don't mean to be the, the bearer of bad news, and I I'm, I'm hope I'm terribly wrong, but I think on the 14th of June, Bojo will delay his unlocking. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, we're working towards a, whoa, we're all free on the 21st of June. It's Freedom Day. Um, but COVID hasn't gone away. No. And when I go into a supermarket, I don't imagine they're going to take their screens down. So I haven't seen any guidance at all uh, about what happens post the 21st of June. So my natural response is I want to protect my team. So we are literally looking at getting screens in offices that haven't had screens because we're going to be unlocking the doors so people can come in. And actually, I, want, I now want screens because where I've got a locked door policy and appointment only, I can have people being ready and, and putting masks on and having meeting desks and things like that to keep people two metres apart. But if we're going to have people walking into branches generally, then I need to protect my teams and, yeah. and having a plastic screen up because um, it's it's tricky, isn't it? You know, and, and actually, if you were having somebody in your house that you didn't know, would you want to allow them in without a mask or without the gloves on? So, and would you, you know, when I have people in here, out of courtesy, I make sure that I give everywhere a bit of a wipe down. We had friends over on Sunday for a barbecue, and all of a sudden, one of our friends sent in the WhatsApp group a picture of her negative COVID test, which made me think, oh, I need to make sure that I do one of my negative, one of my COVID tests, <laughs> you know, the free ones from the NHS. And then everybody else had the same thing. So everybody was kind of testing. And so mm -hmm. I think we are in a different mindset to where we were, even probably at the turn of the year. But we have to continue to, and I think we're going to have to find our own way with it. I don't think there will be guidance. I think you have to no. make a commercial decision on how, and a moral decision on how you're going to protect people, not only your customer, but also your client, but also your business mm. in this new world. And um, yeah. um, because, you know, you have branches, you have branches in small communities. I have yeah. branches in small communities. I've always had branches in small communities. And you do get the person that, pops in every week to say hello to you um, or used to pick up a newspaper when you used to have the newspapers in the offices um, who's never going to buy a house but they're not always maybe the sort of person that would be the most covid conscious that just stick their head and say morning you all right as they're walking by yeah. so you've got to protect from that situation haven't you um yeah so yeah. really I, interesting um I as think we we've all got all got some interesting decisions and choices to make haven't we with the running of our businesses and the, and the reopening um so I you scared me the other week you scared me the other week i'm gonna move it on you scared me the other week uh other day because you are without doubt of the mindset over the last few 12 months of really throwing in community 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 yeah. and i also believe in that 100% because I think that people buy from people that don't buy from yep. brands and so therefore getting your face out there and being the estate agent of your community 
for me is massive and I train on it and I coach on it and I deliver it and actually I stand by it myself and so it's and actually it's the one thing that I love the most is when you walk through your town wherever your town may be or your suburb or your village and people wave at you and say good morning and you are the estate agent there. again Rich Rawlings he's getting a lot of um a lot of coverage there isn't he he talks about I think it's Rich Rawlings he talks about the speed dial agent doesn't he you know when you want to when your boiler goes down you know who which plumber you're going to call there or speed dial plumber when something happens you've got it with your house you've got a speed dial um, builder or mechanic if you are the speed dial agent in that town there's nothing no better feeling for me but you've mm -hmm. told me that there's a report come out recently and said that um people don't give a damn about that yeah is that right yeah, yeah so i uh, i read and, and again i think it was on linkedin and then i think it went into to pi as well so property industry i um and it talked about um i think it was a software company did it and it talked about that they got out and um and, and polled vendors, so sellers, about what was important to them when they're looking to instruct an agent. Um, and community, it didn't it didn't score anything. You know, it wasn't high on the agenda. There were other things that were higher. And yet we're told by trainers, it's all about community, be the voice of the town, be your mayor of social media. And actually this survey was saying, do you know what? People are interested. So whether, and I know we've all done the computers for schools and that's been a really fantastic thing. And then we've rolled that up and we've got involved in the community. And I'm, I'm very, I've done my 12 days of Christmas. I've done lots of things to try and support the reopening of the high street safely and support the swimming pool. And then you might have a child that plays for the rugby or the football club or the tennis club and you then sponsor their kit. But this was saying that actually all of that is not important. And that made me think that, do you know what? We're all kind of doing really well at the minute. We've got, we're slushing around with possibly a little bit of spare cash and suddenly all the corporate umbrellas and the, the mugs and the pens <laughs> and the notebooks will all come out again. But what we've got to remember is the, the acronym, isn't it? DISH, does it sell houses? And I think we forget that, that all these extra baubles and sparkly things does it really sell houses at the end of the day i mean i've got some great candles that i give to big you know higher value big homes, clients. Big clients, <laughs> higher value homes um or if i'm doing a photo shoot when i'm launching and i can have that candle it's just got very discreet branding on it i can try and get that into a brochure um and I'd give that on completion as well just to try and be a little bit different but actually do do my bespoke candles do does it sell houses we've got to just remember that that we we can't get away and suddenly get all this fluff again and go oh my god all my costs have suddenly gone up whoa there whoa there cowboy come back and see does it sell houses just Are you saying it's all fur coat and no knickers i'm not um, saying it at all i'm not saying they, um, oh, martin i've got something for you so we i got a minute where are you going now <laughs> No, don't worry. We give gifts out on completion, don't we, to buyers and to sellers. So we've talked about my candles. We have home move boxes. But mm. what about you? What's the, the best present or gift that you've been given by a vendor or a buyer or a landlord or a tenant on completion or signing of the contract? Mm. Well, first thing, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because um, it's normally whoever progresses the sale that gets the blooming flowers they always forget the valuer you notice that always forget the valuer no one remembers martin who came out and told you how to get the best price they just sure. remember the person that dealt with them um, but i didn't mind that um my favorite favorite is years ago years ago years and years ago so we were coming up to completion my client i remember her name nona stavosta was her name fairmount drive loughborough and 
Um, she invited me round for breakfast. She said, I'm very grateful for everything you've done. I'd like to cook you a full English breakfast. So I, I rock up, 8 o'clock, and it was a feast. Me and Nona, we were still there at midday. I mean, I was pushing it between <laughs> I was getting a telling off from a, from a boss. But um, it was wonderful, absolutely wonderful to spend a morning with Nona Starosta. So I got, not only because she was clearing out to going into a home, not only did I get a full English, Big day in my life. It's the first time I'd eaten black pudding, and now I eat it as much as I can. I came home with a trifle bowl. I've never used the trifle bowl, but I still own the trifle bowl from Nona Starosta. So for me, <laughs> Nona Starosta gave me my favourite gift um, at the end of completion, which was my fry-up and a taste for black pudding. Oh, that's really that's really nice. Eat that one then, Griffin. Well, I don't think I can. I've had a lovely Fortnum and Mason hampers some years oh. back, which was just full of everything. Have you still got the basket? I have you say basket. basket. Yeah, basket, yes. basket. Um, and, and that was a really nice and unexpected uh, gift. And I think that that's the thing, isn't it? It's the unexpected you got thing. You got gin. You see, I don't get bottles of wine or bottles of fish. You got gin the other week, which was very nice as well. But I've been writing them into my contract, don't forget. Just, again, differentiation. Be a little bit different. Be remarkable. Be sparkly. See, that's my thing. Um, just on the bit about just, – just going back very briefly about the branding and things like that and community – have a strategy what we get tempted by is oh we'll do that we'll do that um we get a knock on the door will you come and support this uh, local event oh yeah we'll do that we might get something from it oh well we've we've got this opportunity these sexy parker pens let's do those yeah well, <laughs> as long as it, if it only needs to get me one more instruction it's paid for itself that's where the problems occur have a strategy what do you want to achieve what are those fancy dangled things the bells and whistles are going to help you achieve that strategy, not just be tempted as you go along like you were shopping in the high street on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Those were All the days. All for coats and no knickers. Those were the days. And what are you doing Tuesday at 12.30, 12.30 next week, Tuesday lunchtime? Are you busy? Yeah, I'm probably out selling houses or listing something. What are you doing now? Let me tell you what you should be doing. <laughs> this is a shameless plug. You know, you can't stop me now, can you? Um, <laughs> listen, if you are signed up, to Property Mark's Power Hour at 12.30 next Tuesday, I will be doing my Power Hour. And it's aimed brilliantly at negotiators, valuers, managers on talking about the fact that the lettings market, the sales market is changing on a constant level, that uh, the new norm reinvents itself every week. How the hell do we keep up? Well, I've got loads and loads of hints and tips and strategies to help you. If you're a business owner, still come along because you can use all the ideas and go and use it with all your teams. So 12.30, Property Mark Power Hour. Um, thank you for letting me get my plug in. I love, I love how modest you are. You're going to go, I'm brilliantly done. It's like, oh, my God, Martin. <laughs> so, so our episode wouldn't be complete without us having uh, one of our chuckles about our convincing um, colleagues, uh, who we support, support adamantly, even though they keep putting loads of stuff out about agents and rural. So there was, two things, there, there was two things this week. The first was from a lady called Lucy Beck, who I don't know, but it flagged up on my LinkedIn. And it basically says, just to save anyone else checking, I and everyone in the property sector is fully aware that the stamp duty holiday deadline is at the end of June. I assure you, we don't need to be reminded every four minutes. The date is practically burned into my retinas. And that made me really laugh. And then there was another one um, from, from one of my um, great friends and, um, and uh, favourite solicitors that basically said, 
just a reminder, and this is quite a good one, just a reminder, you are chasing a human with their own pressures and responsibilities, not a machine. That's all, as you were. And that made me think, oh, do you know what? Yeah, we're all in this boat together. Let's all be kind. Let's all be nice to each other. Now, I know you don't have a buy of the week this week because we've all been really, really busy. But some of the, um, some of these, the listeners, our listeners, have asked if we could review no not just one we've got many have asked if we could review um some more prop techs they quite like hearing our take on it because we pull it apart we tell it like it is we're right at the cold face that's what we do and also if we could do some more or review some more books but the sort of requests have been not property books but business books so that's a challenge martin for you and me to kind of Excellent. look new prop tech um let's have a little look also at the business books that probably we've either read or recommended to us we haven't had a chance to review but that's our next thing that's going to be coming up on on some f- future shows so there so maybe we could that? maybe we could review the prop tech firm that term answered that community is dead because they want us to use their prop tech um we could perhaps do that maybe maybe mm. there's always a hidden message in some of these things isn't there you know <laughs> it's just yeah oh, i'm mm. baby yeah, a little bit cynical, a little bit cynical, but I just, um, I think you just got to see what works for your business and, and our listeners and our viewers, and people that watch us live have said, we really like what you do. We really like that you, you take a, a product and you show us how you use it in your business and, and that it wins you business. And that's what we want to do. And I think a lot of people, a lot of agents, a lot of businesses are quite slow to change and adapt. And you, you said about FOMO, the fear of missing out. And I think that that is, it's exactly that, you know, and, and it's a, it's interesting, interesting times ahead of us. Just so, quickly, I did buy, did very quickly, I did buy a sweater. I bought, you know, a sweater yeah. like a jumper. Um, but um, it kept getting all static electricity. You know that? You get static, really static. So I took it back to the shop and they gave me another one free of charge. <laughs> And on, and, on that note, and on that note, listeners, enjoy this show. Watch it back several times. We hope you have lots of takeaways. And we'll be coming back live and kicking next week. Martin will get some more dad jokes. We'll review some of the business books and some prop techs. You have a good week, all. Take care. Bye-bye.